It's Friday, and it's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here, as well as Dahlia. What's going on? What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? Happy Labor Day weekend. That's right. Happy Be Labor, safe out there, Labor folks. Day weekend to everybody out there. Aaron, our special guest, what's going on, man? What's happening? Uh, got lots of cool topics to talk about this week, but one thing that we were talking about off the air, uh, Aaron was bringing up uh, the fact that he just kind of found our podcast for himself on iTunes or uh, on yeah, your phone. Yeah, yeah. Describe, describe kind of just how you stumbled upon it or whatever. I wasn't even aware that you had added that, but uh, I kind of was. I was looking at the the website and I saw that there was iTunes available now. So I realized I have the the podcast app on my f- iPhone. Easy as that. All I did was search for it, and there it is. Boom. So, so now I have it. Just was it a podcast app that iTunes already had on your phone? Did yeah, you? it comes on it. Oh right, yeah. I didn't have to download it or anything. It's like nice, it's like iTunes, you know. So that's pretty cool for all you guys that have, you know, iPhones. Yeah, we Super were saying simple to stream. We're on there. quite a quite a bit uh, different things, uh, nine platforms that we're on. You can check up. We have them all linked up at thegaragerockshow.com. If they're listening, they probably already know more about it. Than <laughs> yeah. I know, right? They're like, they're like, like guys, we're at, they're we're like, come on, it. guys, we're already there. <laughs> Uh, all right, so some new albums coming out uh, today, uh, August 31st. Alkaline Trio's got a new album coming out, Is This Thing Cursed? Amos Lee, Anna Calvi, uh, we played her on The Garage before. She's got a new album coming out, Hunter. A uh, group called Big Red Machine, which is actually Boney Vare's Justin Vernon and The National's Aaron Desner, and some kind of a side project, so self-titled debut from them. A group called Idols, Iron and Wine, Mass Gothic, Menace Beach, uh, Muncie Girls, Swing and Utters uh, are going to be actually featuring them on the garage uh, tomorrow night. That's a funny name, huh? Those guys are badass. Good band. I, isn't uh, the lead singer from Me First in the Gimme Gimmies? He's in the Swinging Utters, right? That's his. That's his band that's before a, Me First, right? His actual band, yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. So what's his name? Spike. Spike something. Something like I that. Don't know. I don't uh, know. They got a new album out, uh, called Love and Peace on Epitaph Records, so check that out. And then uh, Pineapple Thief, Wild Nothing, both have albums out as well, so make sure you guys pick those up today. Uh, not a whole lot happening in the rock world this week, um, even though there was some local news. I don't have the story uh, right in front of me. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there was a uh, accident on Interstate 5 right outside of Los Banos. And it was uh, the other night, uh, I think two days ago. And, oh, jeez. And it was uh, the lead singer of um, the band. Uh, let me think about it. Something. Actually, let me hold on one second. Let me take a pause here. People don't realize how dangerous I-5 is. 152, they see this open road. It's quiet. But there are a lot of dogs and coyotes that are constantly running across the road and you're just like skidding because i used to make that commute to work mm-hmm. like over a year ago and you just like if you're going 80 because you're just listening to music it's at night you're getting off work or just like making the the commute it's gonna come out at you like out of nowhere and there's nothing you can do to stop okay it. so i pulled up the article here i'm reading it from the sacramento b and uh the band uh is called if i fall and uh, they're from Denver, Colorado, and they were uh, coming through California on a tour. Uh, I guess this guy, um, his the, the lead singer is named Colin Mulhern. He was the lead vocalist. He was driving. He was killed Monday near Elk Grove in a collision involving a touring band. So these guys were driving through, and the lady that killed him, actually, they released her name. I don't want to say it, but she was a yeah, 27-year-old lady from Los Banos. Uh, so she's... Okay. She's going to court now for four counts 
What were they in? Was it a tour bus of some sort? Or yeah, so, or okay, it? check it out. A group of Colorado pop-punk musicians were traveling through Northern California when the uh, the van was struck and overturned early Monday morning, killing 30-year-old vocalist Colin Mulhern, as confirmed by the Sacramento uh, County Coroner's Office. The van carrying five Colorado residents and two other passengers was traveling on uh, northbound I-5 near Elk Grove when a Los Banos woman suspected of driving under the influence, which it was true that she did, she did get a DUI for this. They uh, confirmed that today. Wow. She struck the trailer from behind in her Ford Explorer, causing the trailer and van to overturn. So she just smashed right into the trailer, which is connected to theirs. The axle, wow, that's yeah. Wild. And uh, according to the Highway Patrol, uh, the van came to a halt on its roof in the center median. Uh... Uh, the band, uh, the other band members was the dude, uh, Short Fuse 59. They're a hardcore punk group from Denver. Um, they performed in Cupertino the night before on Sunday night. Uh, so pretty crazy. They've set up a uh, fund. They've already ra- raised about $11,000 for their GoFundMe page. Uh, if you guys are interested in checking out, it's uh, GoFundMe.com slash Hospital Bills for Patrick. So if you guys want to contribute to that and help those guys out, yeah, pretty mu- tragic story. It's great. Yeah, musicians got to travel so much. Mm-hmm. They're, we're always hearing stories about them in accidents and plane right. crashes and bus crashes. And, I mean, they're putting themselves out there traveling city to city. So You, you always hear about that's how you got to make money uh, these days as musicians, right, is yep. that you got to travel, you got to play shows. And so to hear these stories where it's just they were driving a van and then a drunk driver hits them out of nowhere, it's just like really discouraging uh, mm-hmm. to hear that stuff but be safe out on the roadways folks uh, we we have an article about that actually later on about the traveling volume this Labor Day weekend get so, an Uber yeah get an Uber take a train honestly you're a lot safer taking a train than you are driving on the freeways these days yes I have not been on the freeway since I stopped commuting in almost a year yeah, it it like it gives me like such anxiety because when I was commuting, I would see it like at four o'clock in the morning, a car on fire because they like hit a diesel truck crossing the road. They're tired. People are tired. It's early, you know. Just be careful. It's just crazy out there. Yeah, so we might as well talk about it uh, just real quick about the uh, Labor Day. What they're expecting this uh, Labor Day. Uh, make sure you guys, as we were saying, obviously be safe on the roadways but uh what they're saying is basically it's just going to be a madhouse out there on the freeway it's going to be really it's going to be one of the busiest um times out there apparently for labor day um okay so it says 16.5 million people expected to fly on u.s airlines uh this labor day right now through september 4th uh it's a 3.5 increase over the 16 million passengers same holiday last year um, also, AAA is reporting that airlines should be preparing for about 2.36 mil- million daily passengers, which is an increase of about 80,000 people per day just from last year. Uh, and also, the the most passenger traffic is predicted to be actually today that you're hearing this, Friday, August 31st, an estimated 2.7 million taking to the skies just on Friday alone hmm. uh, today. I don't want to be anywhere near. near. I would not want <laughs> to be an air traffic controller at this time. Yeah, so be safe, guys, if unfortunately you have to travel this week. Uh, just know that a lot of people are out there with you. Drive slow. There's no reason to like cut people off. Be mindful of those folks who are they're rolling up on the be- back of a diesel to try to cut right. you off. Just let them pass. Just let them pass. Right. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain... 
you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Ball Jack is there with you. Hell yeah! America. Ball Jack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his ball jack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing <laughs> thirst with his ball jack. Woo! Ball Great. jack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. All right, so continuing with the rock news. Uh, Judas Priest's uh, last album, Firepower, that came out um, earlier this year. Everybody kind of figured, oh, that might be Judas Priest's last album. How can they make another one? You know, they're coming to the end of their kind of career. Well, bassist Ian Hill was asked that question by Music Universe, and he said, quote, We haven't planned anything like that. There's no reason to stop doing these things. Glenn Tipton, the guitarist, can play for a while, even during a bad day. It's just he can't play for a whole show now, and that's due to his cancer um, issues that we were talking about previous uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, but he says that could change if there are some interventions that can help it. So it sounds like they're being optimistic, and uh, you know they're expected to continue touring through next year. But it looks like they want to get right back in the studio to celebrate the 50th anniversary, which is next year, 50th anniversary for Judas Priest, which is pretty impressive. Uh, so make sure you guys check them out on tour with Deep Purple. Uh, we are going to be uh, giving away tickets for that show. I think it's September 29th, 28th, Shoreline. So stay tuned to the Bear for your chance to win some tickets. Uh, all right. So moving on, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. As John Lennon's killer Mark David Chapman was once again denied parole uh, for the 10th time in his history since he's been in prison Wednesday, August 22nd uh, AP reporting that the denial decision says the board determined Chapman's release quote would be incompatible with the welfare and safety of society and would so depreciate the serious nature of the crime as to undermine the respect for law end quote Chapman 63 now be able to apply for uh, parole again in two years, serving a sentence of 20 years to life after fatally shooting John Lennon outside the former Beatles Manhattan apartment building December 1980. Dahlia, what do you think? I mean, do you think that somebody who's been in jail that long is still kind of a threat to society? Do you think he should rot in jail and not get any parole? Or what do you think? Um, I think that he was a a threat to society then. Right. He clearly has some sort of mental illness that made him want to kill and shoot a right. man, an, an innocent man, no matter the fame. I know. So, yes, he needs to stay right where he is because I don't know what he's been going through while he's been in prison. Yeah, sure. Thus far, he can't be any better now than he was when he went in. And what that's do you think, just Aaron? my opinion. Same thing? Yeah, I'm, I be, I'm an eye for an eye believer, so I'm yeah. like, I, he's lucky to even be alive, in my opinion. Exactly. Like, you killed somebody. That's just about where I was going to go with it. You should be dead. Yeah, so I mean. So the fact that you're living somewhere and you get to eat and maybe watch TV in your cell or whatever the fuck they allow them to do nowadays, mm-hmm. like, right. that's better than John, what John you know? Lennon yeah. is doing, which is nothing, because he's dead. And yeah. And, yeah and, he yeah. took away such a great songwriter, uh, influential person in our society, mm-hmm. and could you imagine if he was still alive, what kind of... It's not fair, right? Yeah. yeah. Give me get another chance at life. You know, and we're never going to get another John Lennon. And, you know, some loser like this who's trying to make parole. 
Oh, it's just yeah. God, man. That that would drive me and the family crazy, you know, just hearing this guy even mm-hmm. trying to get parole, you know, like which is I don't know, just crazy, right? It is. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so moving on. Screw that guy. Rotten jail. Mm-hmm. Listen to my podcast, Rotten Jail. Keep listening. Allison Chains, <laughs> Jerry Cantrell was really fucked up when he made a 2002 solo album. He's revealing that he was um, in a dark place. Uh, it was actually a kind of a cool... I remember when this album came out because it was right after Elaine Staley passed away, right after Allison Chains uh, broke up in 2001. He did a kind of a thing. He br- he went off from Allison Chains, didn't do an album with him, and he hooked up with Metallica bassist Robert Trujillo and Faith, Faith No More drummer Mike Borden. And it, it's, it's a really dark album. Yeah, I've, I've never heard that. You never heard that? Something i got to check out. All right, well, I think I might even have a little YouTube video here uh, of the single that was off of this album. We, uh, You know, and I was looking in the Bear studio. We have the CD <laughs> single of this track right here, and it has, like, just the, the cheesiest photo <laughs> of these guys. Like, it's called Anger Rising. That was the name of the uh, album as well, I think. It was a really dark album uh, for them, but it's actually kind of cool. Like, I was listening to it a little bit, and I'm like, you know, this was kind of a a cool time for Alice in Chains, you know, but it wasn't Alice in Chains. It was something different. It sounds like Alice in Chains, though. Yeah. Well, a little heavier. See, it's a little different, but yeah, I mean, it's it's basically... It's Alice in Chains meets Metallica. (laughs) I mean, it definitely started off with... Yeah. But it's kind of... Better than so some of the tracks that almost, we similar. play on the bear now. I know, Sorry, honestly. Charles, I wasn't trying to front on your Axl <laughs> Rose voice. <laughs> and Jerry Cantrell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, shit, this was cool. And so, I mean, Robert Trujillo wasn't even in Metallica at the time. He was still with uh, whoever, whatever band he was uh, in the early 2000s. It's kind of a cool time, but apparently he was just really screwed up. He was all <laughs> fucked up. He said like the he d- doesn't even listen to this album anymore. He said, uh, "quote I don't even remember recording it." <laughs> he said, "quote I was just really fucked up back then, to be honest with you, and I can totally hear it on that record. It was done right before I got sober, and it was also done right when I was dealing with the death of my band and the unhappy coincidence of Lane passing away right after I released that record." So it was not a good time in my life, and it totally comes across on that record. He said, quote, it's a record I don't listen to a lot anymore because of those things I mentioned, but it's a record that's important to me, and I'll see Robert and Mike every once in a while, and they're like, we should do some fucking shows, man, some degradation trip shows. (laughs) I tell them, we'll do it someday. Why not? Uh, So the name of the album, excuse me, was Degradation Trip. We were just listening to the um, lead single that was, uh, what was it called? Anger Rising. That was the uh, only lead single off of that Um so anyway, they Allison, shot, you know? Allison James just released their new album, Rainier Fog, this past Friday, and it's a solid release, so check them out. Speaking of Metallica, check out Metallica cashing in big time on this uh, this week's edition of uh, the Garage Rock Show podcast. Nothing but product placement for Metallica as they've teamed up with Nixon watches. Look at these watches here. Oh, yeah. We got the blood, blood-covered watch. This one's all black. There are a few Ooh, people in my life. Bolt. Yeah. That I know would 
totally rock these watches. Let me like, check out my new Metallica but watch. But dude, it's they they range from 150 to 750 dollars. Who the fuck is gonna pay 750 dollars for some all black watch? I can't even tell the time on that it. one. Yeah, you can't even tell the time. You gotta explain it to someone. What is that, man? Can you oh, give well. me just a little sparkle so I can see if it's 12 o'clock or <laughs> they have a ride o'clock? the lightning one, sanitarium theme piece, and a twisted cage. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the market for these things. Like who the fuck? Yeah, like you said, what kind of a, metal fan is gonna spend 150 dollars on some stupid ass watch? I don't know. There's probably some dudes listening that are gonna buy it. So if sorry, it were like an iPhone watch, well, there's the collectors that collect everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah there there are. Are. you know, I get that. It is kind of a collector uh, piece. Shit. Gotta get these watches now. Mm-hmm. I do like the Kill 'Em All one with the hammer as the uh, the little arm there, and there's the, the blood black. on it. It's if it were cool. like one of those iPhone watches with like one of those backgrounds, I wouldn't be mad if I got that for free from Didn't someone. You? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I would not pay 150 dollars of my hard seven hundred dollars. Yeah, or whatever. Fucking screw that. All right, but check this out. Okay, so Metallica's also got their own whiskey. It's called Blackened Whiskey. Check this out, and you're not even going to believe this, man. They have this gimmick. I don't know. I think it's a gimmick reading reading about it, but here's the deal. Master distiller extraordinaire David Pickerel in collaboration, this is the official press release, with Metallica will unveil the next evolution of whiskey. Oh my God. It's called Blackened. The spirit isn't just inspired by their music. It's literally shaped by it, Dahlia. The team behind Blackened has taken the concept of sonic enhancement and turned it into trademark Black Noise. They're calling it Black Noise. Mm. A patent-pending process that uses Metallica's own music to shape the flavor of this whiskey. Black Noise. <laughs> that was in Charles's honor. He's not here with us tonight. Black Noise. to this whiskey. So, okay, apparently this is how it happened. The, the, the members <laughs> of the horrible. band put together playlists... But, uh, while Meyer Sound and this distilling company devised a process to envelop the barrels in music. So inside these black brandy barrels, the liquid is bathed in a low hertz sound wave so intense that it actually intensifies the molecular interaction and ultimately the finish of the whiskey. That's kind of cool. They're starting to realize there's need to find other ways to make money because they're running running low. So they called this black noise. They say it doesn't replace the normal aging process of, of the whiskey. It's already well aged by traditional means. He says, this is the distiller talking here. He says, quote, we're not trying to cheat time. This just kicks the finishing process up a notch. The sonic enhancements shake the whiskey molecules to their core at a low frequency. Flavor elements start to work their way out of the barrels and into the blend. I just, what is black I don't know. Do noise? Do you think that's actually really happening there? Or do you think this is all just kind of a creative? It's reminding me of like the Dre beats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre just took it. Out of music to a whole nother level on on his yeah beats right his earphones and all that and now he's like billionaire well, yeah these guys black... are realizing that's where the product placement is it, where to be you right? know so they're like trying to throw all their chips in the pot well we know what white noise sounds like it's like that obviously they're trying so what is black no- what does black noise sound like. You know? uh, appearance it's low hertz sound waves so intense that it intensifies. The uh, molecular eh. stuff of the whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I mean. It sounds like bullshit, but I don't know. I mean, it could be. It could Aaron be true. just grabbed his phone. He may be pulling up a black noise sound. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing. It's they, they fucking made it up. Metallica did. <laughs> okay, so there was some rumors over this week that Austin Carlyle, the ex-lead singer of 
of Mice and Men, as a metal group. Mm-hmm. He backed out in 2016 of that band. Well, he said, quote, Chester is one in a billion. There's no way myself or anyone else, for that matter, will be ever able to replace him. Performing faint every night on our European tour together and festival stateside was one of the most special memories of my career. New project, yes. Linkin Park, no. So apparently he does have something in the works, but everybody was starting to think, oh, he's going to be in Linkin Park, blah, blah, blah. Not happening. So he even said it himself. Yeah. So. That's... They need to give that a rest. I mean, they're... Linkin Park was... Do you think our, Linkin Park should continue as Linkin Park, they or should already, they just get a new thing? They were thing? already done. No, yeah. It's not... Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, let's, to be honest, I mean, th- their not. last couple albums, I mean, for yeah. me, were just... They were, they were... It was cool concept when they came out, kind of merged the whole... Yeah, they were something of, different. You know, it was, it was that different. new metal, the new yeah. metal, what yeah, they call it, it now. Was dope. Yeah. But the latest shit wasn't that great we yeah. all know that so i don't know why no. you want to just keep keep that going i think they anyway. i agree i think lincoln park should just leave their legacy as it was chester mm-hmm. died with the band move on do some different stuff right yeah, come up with a, a new name yeah, new name yeah new and name. then just featuring members of lincoln park i mean shit yeah. you could put that in the thing if you need to sell tickets that way but mm-hmm. just do something different i think that would honor his how many, memory how many musicians do we know that have gone to made their another band and another name and then even gone back to their old band later you know yeah like, i mean what's wrong with the new name i agree i know i kind of wish stone temple pilots would have done remember that. that eddie vetter chris cornell yeah uh, audio slave oh no wait um, um like some with the dog oh yeah temple of the dog temple of the dog yeah remember that little deal they did yeah that was actually they came together after that dude from Mother Love Bone killed himself. Oh, that was that's right. That's right. That group, Mother I mean, Love Bone, was, was originally something. the dudes from Pearl Jam before that, and that Eddie Vedder came out. And that was something that came to mind. I don't know, but there, no, I've that's seen, a good example I've though. Seen, it was dudes just yeah. coming together as a super group for a good cause. They were just friends making a good album, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes Random that's name. Sometimes that's the best shit. And what was it? Dog Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog. Yep. I'm about to remember that. Good shit. And they only came out with one album, and it's uh, it's amazing. It's, uh, self-titled album. All right, so Slash still in a messy divorce. Uh, here's the thing, though. I was looking at this. The the thing I wanted to talk about, uh, his wife's legal team claims that Slash earned $45 million in 2017 and allege that only the reason the Rockers team is refusing to hand over these documents, it's because he's been, quote, manipulating the income so he will earn in the future that could affect his future support obligations. The judge has yet to rule on his on the claims and requests from both sides, but I thought that was fucking nuts. What does that even mean? Huh. Manipulating the income that he will earn in the future that could affect the future support. That means that he's either trying to hide his income to say, "Hey, look, I only made twenty million, and maybe he made forty-five. So they how ba- did he even make forty-five million? Like, <laughs> well, how they had the biggest rock tour of the year? What if he has plans to like donate money or something? Yeah, mm. is there something? That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, I don't know. If he's designating a, if he's de- designating a select amount of that money to go to or something, right. then that money can't be like fully accounted for as a gross right income. So maybe that's what I don't know. I mean, maybe that's his defense. She's trying to say she's entitled to the full forty-five million. Maybe that's gross. Maybe after everything, he only got like half of that. I don't know. That's still a lot of money. Just but fucking I thought that split was it and get over it. Pretty fucking nuts. Slash getting $45 million in 2017. Okay, so check it out. On this day in rock and roll history trivia, on this day, Friday, August 31st, in 1976, all right, 
go back to the 70s, Dahlia. We're there. Okay. It wasn't, right. I wasn't we're thought walk, of we're for down several the years. Of Greenwich Village, man. <laughs> we're smoking a joint. We're trying Greenwich to Greenwich Village, Bob Dylan. Yep. All right. Well, no. <laughs> you said you No. Well, okay. That's not. I'm not giving it away. This artist is found guilty of subconscious plagiarism in a bizarre lawsuit that leaves songwriters baffled. Was it A, David Bowie, B, Bob Dylan, or C, George Harrison? On this day, in 1976, what do you think, Dahlia? I said Bob Dylan. Okay, Bob Dylan. I don't know. That's kind of... That reminds me of that Robin Thicke Pharrell song a few years ago, huh? You're right. And this was a landmark case. This was... Something similar like that. So subconscious plagiarism basically means... Was it vocal or was it uh, a sound of a... The, the instrumental beat on it or something? The guitar I think it was the could, arrangement, just yeah. kind of the tone of the song, the arrangement. Uh, I, have, I wouldn't have any idea, man. I, I'll just, this would be a toss-up. I'll just say George Harrison, see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Bob Dylan, George Harrison. Let's see what the answer is. George Harrison. Whoa, yeah, look at that. George whoa. Harrison. I was way off. And here's the deal. Uh, George Harrison was found guilty of subconscious plagiarism in a bizarre lawsuit that leaves songwriters baffled on this day in 1976. The lawsuit, it actually started all the way back in February of 1971, carried through court for five years. Uh, this uh, company called Bright Tunes Music Corporation brought a lawsuit infringement against Harrison claiming that he plagiarized the Chiffon's hit, He's So Fine, for his solo track, My Sweet Lord. They were saying that uh, the tone of the song, the chords of the song, very similar to his track, My Sweet Lord. And his defense was like, I had never was thinking of that when I was writing this song. I was just writing this song, right? But what they were saying was that it was subconscious plagiarism because if you have heard a song maybe it was on the radio all the time oh and then you I just can kind hear of it write now it. then i'm i'm yeah, thinking of both songs he's so fine <laughs> i know it's yeah i can see how that so can happen fun, i mean you're inspired Lord. yep you're inspired uh, somehow but you don't remember how right yeah yes. i mean sometimes i draw things right you know, i consider myself somewhat of an so, artist i'll draw things and realize later that like wow this looks really similar to something to else something i may I have saw. seen before yep you Same know. thing with songwriters, yeah. I would imagine. I never right, made know. that connection. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Uh, George Harrison found guilty on this day. Google those tracks. The Chiffons, He's So Fine. And then George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. We'll actually listen to him here in a minute uh, so we can hear him. But Sports Minute this week, uh, just kind of a couple of things that were was weird. We'll get to the tennis thing here about this female U.S. Open player took her shirt off and got penalized for it. You'll hear about that in a second. But she sports bra on. She did, and it's totally, it's totally stupid. It's totally stupid. That is totally stupid. Okay, but I first, swim in a sports bra at the, at the gym. I, I, I wanted to get your opinion on this, bras. Aaron, on this. The quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, signing a $134 million extension to become NFL's highest played, paid player ever, apparently. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers signed a four-year, $134 million contract extension today. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, it was... Two days ago, August 29th, becoming the NFL's highest played pair, a position he's held before. The two-time NFL MVP's new annual average salary is $33.5 million a year. That tops the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan's, $30 million a year. So it's a lot of money. Aaron Rodgers used to go to Chico, didn't he? Wasn't he from... Yeah, um, he's from California. Yeah, he didn't go to Chico. I thought he went to like Chico State or something like that Yeah, uh, before he got big. And, uh, well, yeah. So, what do you think? I, I mean, I forget what Favre got paid, but 
you know, he's their franchise quarterback. They knew they had to give him a big deal. To this is kind of probably going to be his. I'm guessing their his last four years. You know. Yeah, I, know. I was going to say. I mean, he's kind Maybe of like he could pull up Favre well, and just keep going he, and going. How old is he? Do you know? Off the top. Of your I head? don't know off the top of my head, but probably late thirties, right? He's he keeps getting hurt every year. I mean. But he's still the man, so so there you go. I want to keep him. Uh, all right, so tennis officials. So we're getting to this story here. After the French tennis, uh, first off, I don't know if you guys heard about the cat suit that Serena Williams was wearing. Did you see any no. of that? I should have put a no. photo on here about that. Darn it! Uh, it was basically uh, it wasn't like a literal cat suit with a tail or anything. It's like a spandex suit. That it's like a bodysuit, oh, like a speedo. Uh, the, yeah, the, the the full body speedo, just kind yeah. of like a surfing right. Exactly, surf outfit. It, it, it looks exactly like that. So Serena's thing was that it helps. Apparently, she gets blood clots in her legs, yeah. and after her pregnancy. Uh, she was at higher risk for blood clots, and so she wanted to wear this suit. Her compression shorts yeah, and pants yeah. and things are good for circulation, right? Circulation mm-hmm. and recovery. That's right. why she wore it. She got uh, called out during the French Open, and uh, tennis officials uh, actually made her uh, not wear that, uh, uh, sorry, that suit. Sorry, f- What are they, the fashion police <laughs> superhero yeah. suits allowed. Uh, so that's what they said. So now they're getting blasted again over females' clothing once again. After uh, yesterday, France's Elise Cornet was given a code violation penalty for briefly taking off her shirt during the match at the U.S. Open. I'm going to play the video for you guys right here. But does, does it bring up about the guys, too? Yeah, we'll okay. get to that. But, yes. I mean, <coughs> same, same day, same same place there was. Yeah, apparently the know, same dude. day, same place, same tournament. A guy took off his shirt, and he was actually, like, sitting down and kind mm-hmm. of, like, hanging out for, like, a half hour. Without their, his shirt on, their argument was that it she did it standing up in the uh, and super court, quick. yeah, and where they were sitting down in the bench area. That right. was their argument. Like, yeah, instead okay of going back to her home Apparently. base base uh, or whatever the bench, yeah. she did it right here on she the court. She had her jersey on, so she realized right here. You'll see uh, on the video that she has her shirt on backwards. She sees that she has it on backwards, and then she just pops it off real quick, turns away from. The crowd. Don't they usually like play meanwhile, tennis in the sports bra meanwhile, anyway? Super modest uh, sports. Type yeah, bra totally that's... full sports bra. And then right there, you, she goes, "What?" And like she's already getting penalized as she finishes putting her shirt back on. So I don't know. I thought it was a little ridiculous, but uh, they're kind of just making a point, as you know, the, uh, the 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 dude was able to have the shirt off and no big deal. This guy whose name was Novak Jovic, Djokovic, he's, uh, you know, apparently sat there for quite some time without a shirt on. So Who's in charge of this? <laughs> I only I want know. to see men with their shirts off. No <laughs> women, please. <laughs> I know, right? Come on, guy. <laughs> Ridiculous. She was wearing a full-on sports bra. Yeah, it was totally stupid. That's what you wear in sports. That's acceptable yeah, in a sports I environment. I agree. Uh Heads up to all the kids and stuff taking uh, random ass aftermarket pills. Don't do that shit if you guys are trying to like get high off some random ass pills because apparently these details are coming out with Demi Lovato. Uh, the, the the pills she got were laced with fentanyl. So uh, he brought over pills. They freebased them. They ended up being laced they with... They freebased? Why are they free... A lot of people One, why are pills. you taking pills? 
uh, well, that are not prescribed to you. Two, you're freebasing them, which means you're what crunching them up and smoking yeah. them. It's one thing to like freebase a pure thing like cocaine or something. If you know that it's pure, then that's that you're freebasing no, that's, it. That's not okay. Ah. None of none of this drug use <laughs> is okay. Well, but to you will die to freebase some fucking aftermarket pills is just really stupid. Is the bottom line here? It turned out to be laced with fentanyl. So there you go. Uh, don't do that shit, people. Don't be fucking stupid. Uh, Wiley Coyote getting uh, going to be coming to the big screen. Apparently, oh my dude, yeah, nude movie with Warner Brothers. I it's got any smarter since the back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Coyote versus Acme with Chris McKay uh, producing, who did Lego Batman no and Runner in there. Uh, well, he's got to be there. He's got to be there, right? Uh, apparently, a couple of the writers from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, John and Josh Silberman, are going to be writing it. So you know it's going to be funny. Uh, it's still to be determined if Wiley E. Coyote will actually speak. That's one thing that everybody's always no, said, right? We've he, never he, heard him. He, he d- we don't want up. him to speak. He'll hold up signs. He holds well, up signs. Do you think they make him talk? I hope not. He, he shoots guns at Papa sign out that says bang. Um, yeah. Okay, so did you guys hear about Louis C.K.? Uh, made his comeback, and not a lot of people were happy. Give it up, Wasn't bro. he like... Uh, accused of being a sex offender. Well, here's Is the, that thing. What the thing: he was? was actually accused of of masturbating in front of um, other female comedians or females that he knew, and he like coaxed him into a hotel room like and he, he whipped it out. Yeah, and started Ew. like doing that. You know, Ew. Yeah, he, like, asked why women to masturbate in front of him, and then he would do it on That's the phone disgusting. too. At what point? Apparently, I don't what, know. What, okay. What's wrong with you? What point is masturbating in private? Not enough for you anymore. <laughs> I need to. Go out and masturbate in front of That's live sick. subjects. It's like those exhibitionist people. Them just stand there. It's like exhibitionists on, that get off on like, oh, I'm out in public having sex, or I'm out in public showing you like an like a flasher, right? Like, yeah. it, it's like a mental fucking That's crazy gross. thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. So apparently he came Get over back. Yourself. No one wants to see you masturbating. <laughs> God. No, that's definitely true. He came back to the comedy cellar though on uh, what was it Sunday night, and he was unannounced. Walked right in there, performed for only fifteen minutes, um, and a lot of people kind of like he made some jokes about rape and race and stuff, and people were not very, you know, happy about it. And some people started yeah, that's tweeting. Not about okay. It uh, some of the people were saying that some of the women were looking in the audience that they were just completely stone faced, like just not having it, you know, just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And so I don't know. He's trying to trying to make a comeback. I don't I don't know if I really support that at all. I think he's kind of done as mm-hmm. far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give it a break. Johnny Depp. Uh, this is a weird legal victory for Johnny Depp. Oh, he found out who shit in his bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's still be, oh. to be determined on the next episode yeah. of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Uh, okay. It was the dog. <laughs> I know. Or, I doubt it. It, was, it, it had was to be her. What, what did he say? He, he accused his ex of Yeah, it was like a human-sized shit in, the... in his bed, and he found it because he didn't I don't go know. to her we birthday We clean up a lot of our dog's poop. It's pretty big. Yeah, but Daisy's, they, Daisy's a big dog Bigger compared to the one that they have. They have, like, this little small dog. Uh, anybody could tell a human shit to yeah. a dog yeah. shit. Especially a maid. She's seen all kinds of shit. And if the maid's saying that that's too big, I'm going to take the maid's word for that. (laughs) All right. Okay, here's the deal. This is a weird, weird uh, legal victory, and it's probably going to shake up a lot of stuff in Hollywood. It's a monumental course, uh, or excuse me, court ruling I'm sorry. I think the maid shit the bed, and she's trying (laughs) to blame the ex. Good point. 
Nice curveball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to blame it on the wife. Made and Johnny. Oh, little, no, it wasn't me. Oh, Maiden no. and Johnny got a little thing going on. You didn't me. tip me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to plant the shit, shit to separate them. She planted shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. L.A. Judge Terry Green has ruled that Johnny Depp's oral contract with his former talent lawyer, Jake Bloom, is invalid. Observers are saying the reverberations from this decision can be felt across Hollywood and for years to come. Depp sued his uh, former talent lawyer in October saying that he collected more than $30 million in contingent fees without a, a, a formal contract. It was all just an oral agreement. Here's the thing. Everybody in Hollywood knows that a lot of stuff's done with just a handshake, an oral agreement. Now that this ruling has happened, uh, it changes all of that. Chris grabbed that for you. What? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, nothing. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that? Uh, uh, I'm still keeping about, thinking about the shit on the bed, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. me too. <laughs> well, there you go. Somebody shit the bed. Uh, so you can't get a deal <laughs> and a handshake. Uh, I'm not feeling Johnny Depp lately, especially with that shenanigans so he's weird. doing, showing up, get over being, a, it. being a dick at the, you know, the filming that? of the, the movie. Filming and yeah, he's he getting sued like by a, that guy too. Seems like a douche lately. Well, that's what I mean is that he, he has pictures he won looks, looks this like court case. That's yeah, why yeah, it's yeah. kind so, of unusual. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't really give a shit about him winning that. I yeah. wish he lost. It's a bad thing, though, I think, for Hollywood in general in terms of now you're going to have to have formal contracts written up like it used to be like, yeah, hey, you got a deal, man. I'll, I'll be your talent agent or I got, I'll get you this yeah. deal in this movie. And you figure, okay, you know, that's going to be legit. You got to have it written. Now you got to have it written. So, I mean, I guess, you know, hey, sign of the times. Get that shit in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so movie ratings. Rotten Tomatoes. They're, they've been come un, uh, coming under a lot of fire for the past couple of years because everybody's saying that Rotten Tomatoes ratings can be, like, skewed. If a bunch of people go into Rotten Tomatoes and they're, uh, they want to, like, tank a movie, you know, like Star Wars or this John Travolta Gotti, which got a 0% rating, everybody's kind mm-hmm. of wondering, how is this possible, you know? Are, are these people kind of teaming up to bring these movies down? I think it's the Russians. <laughs> Good point. Could be. Maybe the Russians got their favorite movies. In there. <laughs> Maybe we'll find the answer in Hillary Clinton's emails. Maybe <laughs> we got to find them first. So uh, apparently, they're opening now the door to podcasts and digital video reviews. So uh, you can apply. Maybe we should apply. Hey, we got a podcast. Hmm. Start so reviewing it's like some Wikipedia movies. almost. You can. Well, no, it's not right. that freewheeling. It's you have to be a pr- as an approved critic. You have oh, to go through right. Rotten Tomatoes website and uh, submit your credentials that you know what you're talking about in some kind of way, uh, and then you get to be a critic, which rates movies, which affects the tomato meter, you know, hmm. on those movies. So you get paid for that? I need that job. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you do. Hmm. I don't think you do. But. I'll look into it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crows' eggs uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the fortification and benefits of these crows' eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crows' milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it, <laughs> it really it makes you 
it makes you have the mindset of a crow. You see those crows on the street where you're driving your car (laughs) and they don't move out of the way? Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that I don't give a fuck mentality on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, crow milk. Drink it. (laughs) Drink it and and be one with with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. Stephen Colbert uh, apparently coming out with some details about his anxiety. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Apparently, he needed to be medicated quite heavily for his anxiety, and apparently after his 1993 wedding, he had a nervous breakdown. Uh, He says on this new interview that, quote, uh, I was actually medicated. I mean, in the most common Prozac way, Xanax was just lovely. Prozaic way. Yeah. Oh, prosaic way. Xanax was just lovely, you know, for a while. And then I realized that the gears were still smoking. I couldn't hear them anymore, but I could feel them. I could feel the gearbox heating up and smoke pouring out of me, but was no longer walking around a couch. So he said, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown after I got married, kind of panic attacks. My wife, w- my wife would go off to work and she'd come home because I worked at night. And I'd be just walking around the couch, and she's like, how was your day? And I'd say, you're looking at it, just tight circles around the couch. While most non-anxious people tend to break in a sweat, even thinking about performing for an audience, for Colbert, it was the only thing that relaxed him. So, hmm. kind of like that, that, he would say, I would go to the show and Almost curl like up in a Almost like an oxymoron. Yeah. And I would uncurl and go on stage, and I'd feel fine, which occurred to me at the time, like, oh, you feel fine when you're out here. And then as soon as I got off stage, I'd just crumble into a ball again. Nobody ever asked me what was wrong. It went on for months. So kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, but at least That's he's crazy. coming out with it and talking about it. And I think, you know, all those types of things, we need to release that kind of stigma of, like, you know, mental problems, emotional problems, and just talk about those things because, you know, maybe that's how you work through them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of random things I, like similar to that. I saw, I've seen people that have stutters, right? But that can sing perfect, perfectly because they're in like a different, a whole different sort of element, you know. And oh yeah, right. You ever heard of that? Yeah. There's just other situations like that too. Um, pretty cool. All right, so Apple, Aaron. I don't know if you're interested in this. You're an Apple guy. Uh, unveiling new products September 12th. They do this every year. This year's unveiling is rumored to be the most impressive, even by Apple standards. Reports suggest a new line of iPhones, a new MacBook Air, an updated Mac Mini, upgrades to the iPad, and a new Apple Watch. Hmm. You see some of the details there. That I just got a new little iPad, too, so that sucks. Sorry, going to be outdated again. <laughs> Look at those specs. Are any of those kind of interesting on the new three iPhone models? Uh, it says it's a 5.H OLED display, a larger version with an OLED 6.5-inch display, cheaper version with a 6.1-inch LCD screen. So it's different than the uh, LED, I guess. Uh, the 6.1-inch will also use aluminum instead of steel casing to keep costs lower. Uh, they're going to offer new color options, update its iPad Pro with screens and features that mimic the iPhone X, including face ID and gesture controls. Uh, iPad watch, uh, facial recognition and stuff. They're updating all that stuff. So, so the new version is a 12.9 by 11.9. You guys already probably have the 12.85 by 11.85. So <laughs> why spend an extra thousand dollars? It's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's all coming out shit. next week or the week after, September it's, 12th. So It's better for some reason, but we don't even know now any, anymore. <laughs> yep, that's true. 
Uh, first time in 50 years an astronaut quits during training. So we all know how crazy that – I've always just imagined how crazy the training for being an astronaut would be, you know, like learning how to deal with anti-gravity and all that crazy shit. So this guy, uh, his name is Rob Kulin, leaving for personal reasons they can't disclose because of privacy laws. He was one of 12 new astronauts chosen last summer. He's a senior manager at SpaceX and said he was hoping to fly on a vehicle he helped design. Uh, so, But he's backing out. So I don't know. I think personally that maybe his family got kind of scared or something. Maybe he's got a kid, a wife, and they're like, I don't want you to go up there and die or something. Yeah, it, it, it could definitely happen. Yeah. But first time in 50 years. I don't know his backstory, but, yeah, maybe he was like, fuck life at first, and maybe found yeah partner and like you said maybe <coughs> family or something that's keeping him from yeah to dedicate his life to that i don't know um in also some news uh unfortunate news but kind of fortunate in a way it's one of the first times we're hearing about a actual police officer who was convicted by a jury and will be serving some jail time for killing an unarmed 15 year old in a rare guilty verdict in a police shooting case so it happened on, uh, the verdict was issued August 29th, 15 years in prison. The family of 15-year-old Jordan Ever Edwards, who was killed by Roy Oliver in April 2017, officer shot into the car, which he was riding with other teenagers. They left a house party. Uh, some called the sentence too lenient uh, because the stepmother said he can actually see life again in 15 years, and that's not enough because Jordan can't see life again at all. And we were talking about that with John Leonard, it's a killer. I don't know much about this, but what other type of murderers get off in 15 normally 25 life yeah how is so the cop able to do that off, he, can, he gets 15 yep and he's probably going to get off early if and with good good behavior right yeah and they'll put him somewhere plush because he is a cop yep uh so the um police initially said the car backed up towards officers in an aggressive manner but body cam video showed it was moving forward oliver's partner also testified during the trial that he didn't fear for his life which is what he said was the reason for shooting the guy in the first place. So I'm glad they actually convicted him uh, personally. So good. Yeah. He was shooting into a moving car. Yeah. As it was going away from the cop car. Just yeah. shooting at him. Uh, okay. So your phone could be covered in ten times as much bacteria as a toilet seat. Uh, a I know you guys are sitting on your phone in the toilet. <laughs> and then you get up and wash your hands, but your phone's still... Uh, this is same old dirty oh, stuff man. on it. This is gross. So by comparison, uh, a toilet seat and a flush handle have been found to have about 24 CFU per square centimeter, which is, uh, I guess, short Colony for... Colony forming units. There you go. So I just read that. The uh, bacteria on the phone screen, by comparison, had a concentration of 100 CFU, which is like four times the amount. You guys got a couple colonies on your phones mm. right now. Study leader Dr. Sharin Lakani says having a lot of microscopic bacteria on your phone screen can mix with facial oil, clog pores, lead to inflammation, acne. She says to combat these problems, use a headset when on the phone for a lengthy period of time. I doubt that's going to be a solution. And regularly wipe your phone with an alcohol wipe to remove as much bacteria uh, from using it. So there you go. <laughs> be aware. Uh, Chipotle delivery service free through DoorDash right now. Free, huh? Yeah. Through September 12th, no delivery fee. I use DoorDash. Mm. I noticed they were on DoorDash now. Yeah, so yeah. it's we, free. We use DoorDash at work now, too. Free Chipotle delivery. They call you and be like, just roll up on this street. So We're back here. Go. 
And also Lyft. I always thought that would be perfect for work situations. It is. Lunches and... Oh, yeah. Because you can just call it in. It doesn't cut into your lunch break time. Order early. You don't have to spend your whole lunch tracking down lunch. They text you. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can be like incognito by your desk. Two years ago. I'm not texting nobody. (laughs) A few years ago, I was talking about how awesome it would be if Mexican food or Chinese food came to the door. And now it does. I know. Beer, the future is beer also. Like, why can't we have beer delivered? <laughs> I think and there's now one I our saw. markets do. I saw some app too, and yeah, yeah stores do a, it anyway. Yeah, there's like a beer. There's a beer delivery, delivery app. app. I think. Yeah. I well, you can just call Rayleigh's and they'll deliver yeah, beer to you. They don't even too. check your ID. <laughs> That's a good point. They might have to come up with something. I'm, well, I'm plenty older, so. <laughs> Just saying. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check us out, thegaragerockshow.com. We're on all your uh, favorite ways to listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Home, anything you guys want. It's all up there at thegaragerockshow.com. Have a good week, guys, and be safe for your Labor Day weekend. Thanks to Crow Reserve. Peace. <laughs> By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions standards or policies of the garage rock show tgrs assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein this disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com